start now. Come one, come all to the Corporate Global Fantasy Premier League podcast. I am one of, I am a co-ringmaster, Evan. And I'm Mr. P.T. Barnum, your (laughs) director for this evening. Uh, Wow. Uh, It really does feel like a circus. Yeah. Um, This, uh, with, you know, the games going on this weekend, there were some crazy ones. There, uh, you know, the fantasy points have been like kind of all over the place. Oh yeah. So it just feels crazy. I don't I don't know that I love the circus analogy just because there's a lot of baggage there, but um, <laughs> that's where my brain went. So that's where we're at. Um, <laughs> anyway, how are you doing? Taylor? Oh, I'm good. How are you, Evan? I am doing well. I'm excited to dig in and hear your thoughts on some of these games. Yeah, that we, had some, we had some interesting ones this weekend. Oh yeah, some juicy ones. Some su- such and some real ones. dry ones. Yeah, some dry ones. But fortunately, I didn't watch any of the dry ones, and I have yet to watch the uh, the highlights of the dry ones. So for me, it's all juice all the time right now. <laughs> nice. <laughs> You're very hydrated. I'm very hydrated from this weekend of football, and I haven't even. I mean, I've barely even my eyes have barely even scanned the box score of United Liverpool, which happened this afternoon. So, Oh, I watched that one. Oh, you did. Well, wow. I kind of had it on, but yeah, I caught the mo- most of it. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. I'll, I'll ask you about that later. Um, okay, cool. So, so listeners we're this is a, a short pod. Uh, it, it, what do we want to call this? An abbreviated pod mini pod. It's a, uh, it's well, if, if we want Speaking of analogies, we can call this one the briefs, um, and we'll call the other one that we usually do, the longer one, we'll just call boxer briefs. Nice. And then maybe someday we'll have full-on boxers. We'll have full-on boxers, and then maybe one day we'll have long johns. Yeah. I mean, when the when the weather is appropriate, of course. Of course. Yes. yes. Well, this is your, your briefs episode. Um, we're going to spend just a second running down the table, because... You know, as Evan said, the points are wild and things are changing rapidly in the table. Unfortunately, not rapidly enough when it comes to my team. I seem to be hovering in and around the nine to eleven place zone, which is unfortunate for me. But um, yeah. we've got we've had a lot of rapid movement, so we'll catch you up on that. And then there's just a couple of talking points we wanted to hit from the week, um, from this past game week. Some things that stood out to us. Some revelations about specific teams that we'll talk about and we'll try to wrap things up in around 30 minutes or so so we won't keep you too long yeah Um, and then also and before we get into it uh we do have a special pod special guest um coming up in the next uh week or so so be on the lookout for that it's a it's a recurring one and i'm very excited about it yes i think you uh returning listeners will probably know who we're referencing but non-returning listeners you'll have to be surprised that's right um Okay, so with without any further ado, let me introduce the league table as it stands. Um, uh, but, 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 but how do we want to do this? I guess it since we're still getting used to things, I'll go from the top again. Um, so in first place, maintaining his his first place rank is White Keener's uh, by Jingo by G. Uh, in second place, climbing quite a bit, I think like three or four spots, I believe, is Evan Hare's. Uh, Salt Lake City FC uh, down a spot or maybe even a couple spots um, 
in third place is Rob Griffith's Uber Cleats. Um, also down is William Spicer's The Bruce Matthews in fourth place. Uh, with the green arrow this week, we, in fifth place, we've got Reed Zimmerman's Naptown FC. And I just want to say how nice it is to see Naptown FC in the top half of the table after the unfortunate beginning to last year. You know, it's nice to see oh. him in the mix. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, sitting, it seems like a stationary in sixth place is uh, Eli Estes' uh, Eves Babuma. Uh, down with the red arrow in seventh place is Evan Estes' 15 Fieris. Also down in eighth place is Ethan Uderbeck's father, son, Holy Kane. Uh, down in ninth place, which is actually news to me because last time I checked, I was in 10th place. So I must have been ping-ponging even uh, over the course of the last couple of hours or uh, last 24 hours, uh, is my team, uh, iTest Incorporated. Uh, in 10th, up from 11th place is Tim Griffith's Scuderia Sons. And then in 11th place, down from 10th place is Jerry Groth's Fantasy premier league and the high score for this week it looks Ooh, that's like, fun we should do that every week yeah the high score this week oh, was uh naptown fc reed zimmerman with 50, uh, 58 points and uh pretty good evan, for this week yeah as evans alluded to that points were scarce this week and so it's nice to be able to to have that that total so that's where we stand a lot of movement um wow and it looks like I mean, this the league is all all places are still very competitive. There's no one that's yeah. um, fifty points even out of the lead. So, um, wow, yeah, good stuff. Yeah, very good stuff. Very very good stuff. Some, yeah. some of the best times of the season, honestly. Yeah, because you can move up and down. Yeah, two or three like places just based on how one player plays, basically. Oh yeah, and, and especially if your captain hits. Oh man, oh, man. yeah, you could go. Yeah. I think that's going to be huge this season. Just as a side note, I think captaincy will be huge just because there's so many good players. Yeah. 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 Last year with the automatic Salah captain, it became yeah. a sort of non-conversation. Yeah. Totally. We've got yeah, so many more options. I captained someone who was not Salah for the first time this past week and it didn't work out, but it was fun to, to have that added layer of decision making. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. All right, well, let's get into some of the recap for um, uh, for this past game week, game week three. So I guess one of the first things I wanted to bring up was um, one thing I realized at least is, um, I guess I think Leeds attack. Um, and I guess Leeds in general, I mean, I was not very bullish on them coming into the season just because of where they ended up and then them losing Rafinha. Um, I thought that they'd probably struggle in the beginning of the season, if not the entire season. And um, I, they're definitely proving me wrong. Um, it looks like Jesse Marsh is going to um, play a very attacking style of football, and that really suits the personnel that are already there. So it's just, it kind of feels like it's – the same old leads, but maybe just reinvigorated and maybe just tweaked a little bit, just a little bit different personnel. Um, so it seems like they're still going to be very attacking. Um, and it looks like they're going to be good at it too. Like even with losing Rafinha, one of their main goal scorers, like Rodrigo is, um, has started hot. Um, Brendan Aronson obviously comes in and is doing his thing. So yeah, I, I, I think that I need to, 
start taking them a lot more seriously. Um, yeah. And I really can see them. I mean, I, I if they continue this way, I would be shocked if they don't finish top half. Um, yeah. You know, so. Yeah, totally. And in addition to the players you named, like Jack Harrison is a viable FPL option now, which he never, even though despite playing well, at points last season, he was never really a viable FPL option, but it feels that way this year because he's taking most of the corners. I don't know if he takes mm. corners from both sides, but he had a couple of assists this past weekend. And I think they're really good from set pieces. And so if you can get the players taking corners, um, that's an easy way to get assists. Um, I actually already picked up Rodrigo. Um, oh. I'm, try- I'm, try- I'm trying the strategy this year of like not overthinking transfers and kind of just like, like getting my, you know, in transfer speak, getting my transfers done early in the, in the, in the transfer window. And so um, (laughs) that won't last as like players become more injury prone and there are more, more games, but right now it feels pretty safe to even pick a player early in the week. So I've already transferred in Rodrigo. So I love that. I, I've been thinking about how to bring him in and I had already kind of, had a transfer planned for this week and now I'm like rethinking it. And so I I would like to be able to do that move early, but I think I need to spend a little bit more time on it um, and just kind of wait it out um, the week and maybe think about that a little bit more and weigh the two options. But I am definitely thinking about how to bring Rodrigo in. Um, Definitely a pretty good pick right now. Um, And from what I can tell, um, I mean, they, don't have like a terrible run of fixtures or anything. And uh, I was listening to a podcast earlier today, and I think they are basically the third best attacking team in the league behind city and Arsenal just Mm. based off the stats. So like, they've got great um, expected goals, like that stat XG. They've got um, just like a ton of like chances created and shots and just kind of the attacking stats are very good. And, um, yeah, it just seems like they're going to be great and doing well up there um, probably yeah. the entire season. And because even, even with Bamford being hurt, they're still, you know, Rodrigo has come into the middle and they're still doing things. So it's not like the Bamford injury and lack of playing time for their um, central striker has hurt them that much. Yeah. And I, I think the Bamford injury is like very minor. So like he theoretically could have played this past weekend, but they were just giving gotcha. him an extra weekend. So I think he'll be back next gotcha. weekend. If, yeah, if they gotta play. Is correct. yeah, they're going to have to ease him back in. They don't want him to be hurt no. um, this season. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that, that, that was one of the realizations I had this, um, this weekend. What was something you noticed could be team or player specific, could be FPL specific or just in real life, whatever. What, what, what had you thinking this um, weekend? I something that had me thinking is uh well what I was thinking is uh I'm very surprised at how bad West Ham is. Ooh. Like okay. I don't I don't understand. I wonder if I wonder if it's like a people figuring out like tactics thing, you know? Hmm. I don't know if that's the reason, but it's so remarkable how much they've dropped off from last season to this season. In form and you know i watched i didn't watch much of the west ham brighton game but i watched like some extended highlights and i heard some people who did watch it um talk about it and they were just saying yeah like brighton just totally outclassed them like and 
that seems to have been the case for several of their games this year. And Hmm. yeah, I just, I just don't totally understand it, but it has FPL implications because I'm just like, until something drastically changes, I'm there's no way I'm going for a West Ham player currently. Yeah. Do they have any like major injuries or anything like that? Like has anything like really shaken them up at all? Are they trying a new formation? Like what, is there anything noticeable about that or they're just playing poorly? I don't know. I mean, I don't know that enough about their tactics to know if it's a formation change. I don't think it is. Um, yeah. I know they haven't fully, and I've heard several people say this, that De- uh, David Moyes takes um, <clears throat> maybe longer than most managers to like bring on new players into the starting 11. So like Skamaka yeah. and um, Maxwell Cornet, who they just picked up, like haven't right. really been fully integrated. So maybe that has something to do with it, but Right. Yeah, I mean it seems like a lot of the a lot of the same players, you know, they've still got Jared Bowen, Saeed Ben Rama, like Declan Rice. People. Declan Rice. Um, <clears throat> um so yeah, I don't know exactly what it is, but they're not the same they're not the same force that they were last year. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean it did at times it did seem, I mean, this is from an FPL perspective, it seemed like Bowen was kind of carrying that offense mm. um carrying the attack forward um because antonio really like is not that great you know like he's not I mean, that he's, he's pretty good he's pretty good he's kind of like, sne- he's kind of sneaky good he's yes i can see that but like i don't know i don't think it'll take much for skamaka to come in and take his place at all yeah um, i kind of think that too I don't know. I just don't see Antonio being like, I just don't see him as a finisher and maybe that's misguided, but he, it, he seems more of like a strong physical presence than like a finisher in my opinion. And so when he's not necessarily like an out and out goal scorer or he's not on a streak, then yeah. Like where are the goals coming from? And it seemed like last season, um, you know, obviously Bowen caught a hot streak, but it also seemed like he just had a really good season and kind of, really propelled them forward in the attack. Um, uh, I didn't realize this. They have not scored a goal this season. <laughs> yeah. They, they lost they <laughs> lost they lost 0-2 to City. They lost 1-0 to Nottingham Forest and they lost uh 0-2 to Brighton this season. Okay. Okay. I guess to yeah, I yeah, my brother put it put that stat in there. Um Oh, did he really? about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He oh, mentioned I missed Um yeah, that is kind of shocking that they haven't scored. I will say though, I guess to give them a little bit of to cut them a little bit of slack, I guess they've had a that's not a, like a good like Nottingham Forest is a great fixture, and they should have they should have won that game probably, but um, I don't know. Like Brighton is a good team, and particularly good this year, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they just like have had more time to like learn Potter's system. And it seems like he's really like, it seems like they've stepped it up a notch. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, mean, I think they're going to be a very, very good team this year. And then of course city is always going to be a terrible game. Um, so I guess, I don't know. I, I, I do think it's disappointing and they're probably playing wor- way worse than they did last year, but I also want to maybe give it a little bit more time before I really make a determination, but I could definitely see them like dropping to like ninth or 10th this, this year. And it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm expecting bottom half of the table from them. Really? Oh, wow, wow. See, I'm expecting that for Leicester, but maybe not West Ham. Really, I don't know. I mean, it could happen, but I mean, there are just lots of teams that are. I mean, maybe, Under. maybe, yeah, that's true. But then again, there's like lots Brentford, of teams. Brighton, yeah, Leeds. Um, Leeds, like, and then right there, there's three plus the top six. There's nine right there. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean. Yeah, I think in the bottom half, we'll probably have, like, Leicester, West Ham, Everton. Yeah. Like, I don't think these – they're necessarily – three promoted be. teams. Yeah. Um, so, hmm. anyway. Yeah. Uh, what about you? What's another another thought you had based on the the weekend? Um, so, as the listeners know, I'm an Everton supporter. Um, so, I've been watching the games. And one thing I realized was, uh, this isn't necessarily about Everton, but it kind of is. Um, I think that Chelsea are have obviously got off to a rough start. Um, they don't look that great going forward. And I think they are having a similar problem to Everton. Hmm. Um, there's like a lot of similarities there. Obviously, the level of quality is, you know, much different. Um but if you think about it, it's they they play a same a similar formation. They've got the three center backs and wing backs, right? Are Chelsea playing uh, three at the back with wing backs? They're they playing, playing. They're playing three at the back. That kind of becomes a four at the back in in uh, out of possession, basically in possession. It's like okay. three at the back with with uh, right. and Loftus. Or last this past weekend, it was um, what's his name. Loftus James? Ruben Loftus Cheek. No. Oh, Loftus Cheek. Yeah. And Ruben okay. and Reese James is playing one of the, the, in the back backs. three. Yeah. And then yeah, in out of defense, it, it's four. Right. So it's kind of like in, in, in the attack, and that's where I'm going to focus is like going forward, which is where they're struggling. It's like three at the back. They've got the two wing backs plus um the two midfielders, right? Two central midfielders. And then they've got Sterling, Kai Havertz, and Mount up top in the front three. Yeah. Um, and Everton are doing something similar. Um, we're playing three at the back. We've got our two wing backs. We've got two, our two central midfielders, and we've got three attacking forwards that are Anthony Gordon, Damari Gray, and Dwight McNeil. Now this past game, uh, Frank ended up putting in Rondon. I was going to ask you about that. Why did he do that? 60 minutes. Well, I'll tell you why, because, and the, and it, everyone was like hoping that he would, honestly, even though Rondon is awful. Um, but that, this is what I wanted to get at. They, there's no central point of attack. There's no one to like aim balls to in or and like to hold up the hold up the ball. Like I don't know. You just like we're really missing Calvert Lewin. Um, I mean, if you think about the way like we're playing the front three that we have, if we don't have Calvert Lewin and we play those three wide attacking type of players none of them are very good um in this in the central role they can't really hold up the ball they can't really win headers so that it just kind of is like a void right there and so we kind of are forced to go wide constantly and we can't there's no dynamism in in getting the ball into the middle and like holding it up and and, and then bringing pe- people into play and i think that chelsea are also missing that too like, I don't know. I, I just kind of see they're, they're also playing three, like, kind of lightweight attackers and wingers, in a, in a sense. Um, 
I don't know. I don't, do you, do you see that? Do you see any similarities there? Do you think that's maybe what I know that's especially why Everton have not looked good going forward is because we're used to having a Calvert-Lewitt presence to maybe kind of be that anchor up at the top in a sense. And uh, I just wonder if Chelsea are also missing that too. Yeah. I, I wonder, I don't know that this is the case, but I do kind of wonder how much the kind of Liverpool and Man City model the them being two of the teams that kind of um pioneered this like play out of the back style in the premier league at least you know like don't hoof the ball forward um you have to play out through your like wing backs and up through your midfield every time and build up that way and in that kind of a system you don't really need a kind of target man in the same way right and that kind of system has seen a lot of success in places like Liverpool and Man City and to a lesser extent Chelsea recently um, and in other places, Arsenal, right. Play kind of that way. But, um, but maybe the, like, but you have to have quality front to back in order to do that. Like, and I think maybe it's kind of psyched people into thinking, Oh, maybe we don't need, as you say, a target man to get the ball to, and to hold up play for us. Um, when in fact those same teams don't have the quality necessary in order to be able to play out from the back. So you kind of get caught in between both things. And I think maybe what we're realizing, because there's lots of like kind of target men coming into the league and players are, and teams seem to be kind of targeting, you know, targeting target men. Like the, there, that's kind of a, a player that lots of teams want right now. And I wonder if it's maybe a, a realization that like that just doesn't suit every team very well that play out of the backside and that sometimes you do need, as you say, like a physical presence to hold up the ball and to let play gravitate to them as opposed to just trying to play out from the back and thinking that you can have this kind of avant-garde front three that kind of is all always interchangeable. Yeah, that makes sense because it definitely isn't working with Everton. And I think a lot of that is because those front three don't have enough quality to to do that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think, but, I think, but like oh. with, but with like Chelsea with Sterling and Kai Havertz and Mason Mount, you would expect them at least to have enough quality to do it. But and I think, I think they it do. still feels it's, they do, but it still feels like they are struggling going forward. Yeah. They don't look quite as good. They don't look quite as lethal as they did in the past. Like, so I, I wonder, there's like, I don't know. That was one of my realizations was Chelsea, Chelsea attack doesn't look good yeah um and i wonder kind of what's going on and that was like my first line of thinking was oh i i see a similarity there between everton and chelsea but i mean you would think that that front three that chelsea have um they should be able to do it but i don't know uh yeah i'm not really interested in from a fantasy perspective getting any of those chelsea attackers right now until they either change the system or um maybe you know, catch a little bit of form or do something to make, to make me want them. Yeah. I have Mason Mount currently. And how do you feel about that? I feel two ways. Like, and this is something that I think why I just pointed out many times. And I totally agree with like Mason Mount is like top five players in the premier league. He's so freaking good at so many different things. And I think it's like deeply underrated because of the way he like, assists other members of that team and to do good things he's incredible and 
He's also, I think, a good fantasy asset in in theory because he takes corners. He gets lots of chances, even though he's not a striker. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's even been getting those chances. Like he had several chances where he should have scored this past weekend in the game that they lost. And so all those things make me want to keep him. And it feels like the kind of player where if I, if I get rid of him, he will go on a hot streak. Like that just is what I feel will happen. (laughs) Um, And so I kind of just want to keep him, but also, you know, he's depreciating in value. He hasn't scored a goal this season. So it's like, I don't know. I'm a, I don't think I'm going to change him out this week. I'm going to give him another week. I think, um, cause Chelsea do have pretty, a pretty easy upcoming schedule. Okay. Um, yeah. They've, they've got, uh, Leicester, South oh, okay. and West Ham. As oh, wow. Team. That's very good. Yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Then I think, yeah, oh, wow. Yeah. I think you got to hold him at least for one more week to see how they do against Leicester. And you know, if they're just, I don't know. Yeah. yeah that's, they're, that's they're definitely me. one I'm watching. That's me already having. That's me already having yeah, him yeah. and not knowing to get oh, rid yeah. of him. I wouldn't be picking him up if I oh, no. were in that position. Right. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. 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 No. It's it. That's that's always like a tough spot is when you have someone that's like not doing well, but you know that they have like so much potential. They have oh. such a high ceiling, and, and also you just like love watching working. them play. Like for yeah, me, yeah, like, yeah. I just love watching Mason Mount play. Right. Oh, right. Gosh. Huh. Yeah. So. Uh, that those were like the two things that really stuck out to me this weekend that kind of applied to fantasy. Did you have any other, do you have any other like anything uh, else that you noticed? One thing that I wanted to point out that I had forgotten a little bit, I think hmm. in the Antonio Conte hype. Oh, um, okay. Is, and this is not a slight against Conte or against, um, Tottenham or anything because I still think they're going to finish very high this season probably top four um I think I I slotted them as number two I don't know whether they'll reach that point their their defense looks pretty suspect I'm gonna be honest like Mm. I I would like yeah the the back I've been here I've been hearing that it was like the their back I don't remember what what formation they were playing but it was like Davidson Sanchez was playing alongside Dyer and um, I think they were playing a back four, yeah, because I'm pretty sure Conte plays a back four. So it was like Davidson Sanchez and Dyer and Emerson Royale and uh, Perisic were the back four. And I just don't know how much you can achieve with that back four. I could be wrong, but it seems a little bit suspect. But what I wanted to mention was um, I'd forgotten that Antonio Conte's thing is winning, right? It's like just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that a lot of times that translates into games that they win like one nothing or like just barely eke out. Like they grind wins. Antonio Conte's teams grind wins. And I think that that is going to be interesting to watch going forward because they're not going to be the kind of Pep Guardiola teams that are going to kind of orchestrate three goal games that they tie, right? Like, I don't think that's going to happen to them. I think when they play like your Southampton's, your Wolves, like this past weekend, you know, um, your Brighton's, they're going to win a lot of these games, but they're just going to barely win them. And I think from a fantasy standpoint, that's a little bit concerning when you have a front three who kind of share goals among themselves. I'm just not totally sure how many goals there will be in that team 
despite being very successful, if that makes sense. Um, that's something I've been thinking a lot about. That, yeah, that all makes sense, which is interesting um, because they kind of caught fire at the end of last season. I remember Sun um, going off and people were wanting to like bring him in into their fantasy teams, like Sun and Kane and Kulisevsky, especially like once he came in in the January window, like they, they were reinvigorated and they their attack looked very good, like scoring multiple goals every game. Um, and so it's interesting that they're not as, you know, you don't really expect that of them at the moment. Um, they're going to kind of just eke out the game rather than they're just going to destroy teams like four or five, four or five, one or something. And I mean, they, that may happen sometimes, but I think sure. the, 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 model, the, trend. the model is, yeah. is the Jose, it's like the delivery of the Jose Mourinho promise, right? It's like, this is a style of football that will win you games. And huh. And he delivers on that in a way Jose Mourinho hasn't in the past 10 years or something, but it's not always the prettiest and it doesn't always translate into like, you know, three goals in a game week for Harry Kane, basically. Yeah. Huh. Fascinating. Yeah. Definitely something to watch. Um, I haven't really watched too much Spurs, Um, but yeah, they're going to, I mean, I alluded to the North London Derby on on Discord and how good that how good. Of a oh game yeah, it's gonna it's be. Gonna be it's gonna it's be gonna be so incredible. good. It's gonna be so good, but because the teams uh, couldn't it, be diff- more different, like the yeah. way they play, they're so different. Right, but it sounds like Spurs are really gonna have to kind of shape it up in the back if they're gonna wanna if they're gonna really compete with Arsenal. It, it just because Arsenal Arsenal's front three are clicking so well, and based on what off what you said, it sounds like the Spurs defense hasn't really like gelled perfectly yet. I mean, I don't, um, I don't know that it's like they haven't gelled. It's just, it's for me, it's like a feeling. It's like when they get up against your arsenals because they haven't really had, let's see who, yeah. who have Spurs played so far. Um, they played Southampton and played they played Wolves and they played Chelsea. Wolves okay. So, okay. so they, so they haven't been like, tested by teams that are really in form maybe you could argue that that's the, true the chelsea game was them in form and that was obviously one of the great games of the, of the season so far but like yeah. i just don't know how that back four will fare against mm. your arsenals your man cities your liverpools, liverpools it'll be it'll yeah. be interesting to see i'm i could be totally wrong but that's how it feels to me interesting huh cool yeah yeah definitely keep an eye is there anything else you wanted to talk about uh, no, I just want to pinpoint that um, I'm very excited that Wilfred Zaha is a, a, fi- a viable fantasy pick again this year because I love that. That's man. very exciting. I yeah, love that man. That's very exciting. Him and Eze look like they're going to be uh, very good this year. Do, have you watched the highlights of that game? The uh, stuff, no. the stuff Eze has been doing is unreal. Like I'm trying not, to... not in terms of like scoring necessarily, but just like the way he moves the ball is amazing. Uh, I'm excited to watch those highlights. I've been trying to, um, after, you know, at some point in the week, go back and watch the the collective, like the highlight reel that shows like all the goals. Um, uh, but I, I want to go watch um, the highlights for that specific game now. Yeah, because there are, there are a couple of moments where Eze is like kind of breaking lines by dribbling from midfield through the defense. Yeah. It's just like really remarkable. It's, it's really fun to watch. Huh. 
Good, good for him because he was out a lot of last season, right, with an injury, yeah. and and he was like one of their shining stars. So it's always nice to see like a young player start to bounce back from an injury and really just just uh, you know just go forward with their career and just get back to what they were doing. Um, did you want to bring up Liverpool United? I just want to know what you thought of it since you watched it because I don't know anything about I it. I had it with the, the sound. Line. I had it with the sound off while I was working, so I will throw that caveat in there. From and I didn't pay as much attention in the second half as I did the first half, so I will say that as well. Uh, it seemed like um, United played with much more passion, and I I mentioned that in the Discord, but. They, first of all, Ten Hag played a, a different team. He played, the defense was different. Maguire didn't play a minute. Um, Luke Shaw didn't play a minute. Whoa. Um, yeah, he played Veron and Martinez as central defenders and then played Malasia. Is yeah. that how you say his name? Yeah, Malasia. Malasia and, uh, and Dallow. Dallo did very well. Um, okay. um, yeah, I mean, so it was, he kind of shook up the team a little bit up front. You still had like Rashford and Sancho um, doing things. You had Bruno, you had Erickson. Did they start Ronaldo? Had, no, Ronaldo, Ronaldo came on towards the very end, but yeah, he was on the bench and it kind of when they scanned it over to him, it looked like he had kind of eaten some humble pie in a way which is a good thing. I think he's going to need that. Um, and I really applaud Ten Hag for doing that because I honestly think that they would not have won that game. It had Ronaldo played. Mm. They just wouldn't have because w- when they scored, I'm trying to remember the goals. Um, yeah. They were both like, no, one was a, one was a, I think one was a, off of like a corner. If I'm remembering, right. Maybe not. I don't know. At least one of them was like on the break with Rashford. It's mm-hmm. like Ronaldo's not doing that. Um, and that was the second goal. But um, the thing that really stuck out to me was one, their attack, they were they were moving quick and they just like I think because the way Liverpool play, they are kind of open in the back. Same with City. You know, they like really like to attack. And so uh, United really did a good job of finding the angles, playing and playing that pass that opened things up and let led the charge um and so you know those players were on it um and they did very well who started in central defense for liverpool was it gomez or was it nat phillips do you remember i don't remember i'll I'll figure it out yeah um but the thing that really stuck out to me was their attitude and like coming off of that four nil defeat to brentford they looked miserable right like just watching them it, it was painful to, to like watch, like you just felt bad for them. They had to finish the game, you know, they yeah. just had to finish the game and go home and like, you know, let's move on. Like they were done within 30 minutes, you know, it, they were done. And this, this game, especially in the first half, like um, they got the, they got the first goal um, and just, you could tell that like going forward, they were like trying and trying and trying and like, Things were coming off and they were doing well. They were getting excited. And then on defense, they were like shutting things down. They were throwing in tackles. They were throwing in blocks. They were like really working. And it just seemed like um, just because Ten Hag made the changes 
and the way that they were playing with so much energy and passion, it felt like they were really fighting for him, for the club. It just felt like a, a mental shift, which I think sometimes we don't think about. Um, but it just really felt like they, they just like dug deep. They just really wanted to win. You know, it, it was such a complete opposite shift from the Brentford game where, when they just broke down. Yeah. So, wow, so they just wild. showed a lot of resolve. Yeah, I know. Now I will say with all of that being said, there were still definite times where um, there's going to be growing pains for them. You could see like some things that just didn't work, um, especially in defense. Like they still look kind of shaky and ropey um, and they're still trying to figure it out. So I will say that that was a very good result for them. Um, and it could be a turning point for them. Um, but it could also be that maybe this was like, maybe we're going to see like a kind of a flip flop of a season for them. They're, they're going to pull those Brentford games. They're going to pull those Liverpool games and they're just going to kind of go back and forth between those. Cause I could see this whole season, them still learning what Ten Hag wants from them and trying to learn that. But I don't know. I mean, if they play like that, they're going to do, they're going to do pretty well. Wow. Um, and, it was kind of it was kind of cool to see, mostly just for Ten Hag, just because United have been struggling for so long, and like it was cool to see like Ten Hag get excited and like see his game plan come to fruition, and um, and just the bold moves that he made with the team sheet, and it and it came off, and you know it's it's cool to see that, and I was happy for him mostly, yeah, just because totally. I think he's a he's an interesting guy. Yeah, I feel the same way. Like I, I have all the same kind of feelings of Schadenfreude that I think a lot of us do about watching them do poorly. Um, but at the same time, it's like I don't want to see. I don't. I like. I don't. I'm not rooting for Jaden Sancho to like waste away at a terrible club. I want right, to watch. Right. I want to watch a good Jaden Sancho because a good Jaden yeah. Sancho is fun to watch. And I want to see like what Eric Ting Hag like brings to the Premier League tactically and things like this. So I think I can kind of like divorce what I want to see happen with particular people or players from like my overall feelings about the club in general. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I'm excited to go back and watch those highlights. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, would love to hear what you think of it um, when you watch it, but yeah, interesting. You know, it will be. I'll, those are just some fun talking points to kind of think about moving forward to kind of see how those narratives progress and see if they continue or see if they take a turn and we you know what happens. But yeah, that's pretty much all I had. Um, so same. Yeah. yeah, I think we're gonna stop it there. Um, that's the end of our our brief our brief pod. Um, we will be back, as Evan said, in your ears. Hopefully next week with a <clears throat> excuse me a special episode. And yeah, then we'll we'll be back at it. Thanks, Evan. That's right. Thank you, Taylor. See y'all. All right, see y'all later.